This podcast is sponsored by the Kerry Golston Ministries International, continuing the vision for end time ministry. Be sure to purchase Kerry Golston's first ever publication, Go Teach My People Faith, co-authored by Pastor Lisa Williams, now available on Amazon.com. We believe that you'll receive wisdom, understanding, favor of God and men, health to all your flesh and bones, and revelation knowledge as you partake of the word. And we believe that your faith is growing exceedingly in Jesus' name. Amen. Come visit us at 160 West 129th Street in Harlem, New York. We'd love to see your face in the place. But for now, enjoy today's message. Uh has to do with the 21-day fast that we just we just uh, completed. Now, one of the things that we had said concerning the 21-day fast was that the fact that we were believing God for, for uh, the supernatural uh, as well as for instruction and direction. Now, believing God for the supernatural to be in manifestation is is right because it's the will of God, but you can believe in a different way when God has spoken to you that you are to operate in the supernatural. And he has spoken to us on several different occasions through several different uh, individuals as well as to me personally about operating in the supernatural so that I know that it's the will of God for us, uh, the supernatural is God's province. He decides how the supernatural will be distributed. But there are those who are called to operate in the realm of the supernatural. That is a part of our calling, is to operate in the realm of the supernatural so that we can believe for in a different way than someone else can believe to operate in the supernatural. We have his word for it, not only the written word, but we have the living word who has spoken to us directly. Amen? So, uh, I wanted to share with you uh, the reasons why and what the Lord has said to us over the years that makes me believe that way, because you have to be, be believing the same way I'm believing. You have to be in agreement with it. So faith has to come to you for it in order for you to, uh, to be able to believe uh, and believe in faith. All right. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, in the fourth verse, the word says, and my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. In demonstration of the spirit and of power. There should be demonstrations. Demonstrations of the spirit of God manifesting himself. Now, from this same book of uh, Corinthians, uh, 
there are lists of the manifestations or gifts of the Spirit or how the Holy Spirit manifests himself in the earth realm, how the, the supernatural is, is lived out here in the earth realm. So we, we're going to look at that also, but first I wanted to go on with this. Uh, <clears throat> I want to read that fourth verse again. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, verse 5, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Now, that, now that, that's, that's, really, that's really necessary that you, that you catch hold to that, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. So that is telling me, I like something Dr. Price says all the time, that you have to go as much by what the Bible doesn't say as what it does say. So when he says here that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God, that means that some people's faith is standing based on the wisdom of men. Amen. Their, their faith is, is a false faith. It's not the God kind of faith. It's a faith that is a counterfeit. And a counterfeit, you know, you know as well as I do, there are counterfeiters who counterfeit, uh, say, U.S. US uh, currency. And some of it gets by. Amen. The same way some of the counterfeit faith is getting by. But see, it's not real. And it will not stand the test of time. So we don't want your faith to stand in the wisdom of men, but we want it to stand in what? The power of God. In the power of God. Back to his spirit. Back to the Holy Spirit. See, that's where we want to be. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. Why? That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. That's what we want. We want the genuine. We want the real. We want the power of God in manifestation, not something false, phony, counterfeit, unreal. Amen. We don't need fake faith. Amen. But this tells me there is such a thing as fake faith. It's not real. And we have a lot of people confessing things and saying they're in faith, but the test of time proves that they're not. Amen. Hallelujah. And, and the, the, the great thing about it is no man can brag about or take credit for faith because it's God. Faith is a gift. It is God. No matter who he works it through, it's him. So whether it's Dr. Price, Dr. Hilliard, or Roberts, no matter who it is, all they do is find out how the process works, work the process, God gets the glory, the faith works, and you see the end of their conversation. Or as the word says, you will know them by their fruit. Amen. Is there any fruit? Well, we're sitting in some fruit because this was a faith project. Amen. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I think most of you know, we came here with only about 20 adults and not all of them working. 
a half a million dollar facility. All right? God said, sign the papers. We signed the papers. Didn't know how we was going to pay for it. But he said, sign. And he made it every single time. And this December, we paid it off. Amen. Hallelujah. And the thing is, it didn't take, it didn't take, you know, like your normal 30-year mortgage. We paid it off in 11 years. Amen. In 11 years, half a million dollars. And you know, with interest, that half a million dollars, it ballooned up to almost a million dollars that we paid in those 11 years. So that means God had to pump a whole bunch of money through here. Amen. He pumped a whole bunch of money through here in order to do that and take care of all the other things that were taken care of because, you know, we renovated the entire building. There's almost absolutely nothing in here that's the same as it was when we came. Amen. Not to mention insurance and all the other things that you have to pay for along the way. So God will do it. God will show himself strong. If he ordains it, he'll support it. That's the bottom line. Amen. All right. So we want to operate in real faith. We want to operate in the faith of God. So in, in saying that, uh, I say this to you because we're talking about operating in the supernatural. And we have to have chapter and verse, so to speak, or we have to have God's word for that in order for us to say that this is the will of God for us. Now, uh, I had it, uh, well, I guess prophesied, you can call it prophesied, because uh, tongues plus interpretation equals uh, equals prophecy. Uh, Pastor Sarah Utterbach, she, she spoke over, my, over me, yes, you are called, there will be opposition, but you will minister with power. Now, when I see power in the word, uh, you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Amen. Power gifts of the spirit, what we call the power gifts, special faith, working of miracles, gifts of healings. All right. We see all these things in the word so we can reference what she was talking about, what she was prophesying to me. Now, I don't take just that one word. There has to be other words. There has to be other things that came to you. Well, initially, uh, uh, it was prophesied over me through tongues and interpretation through a many, another minister years before that. And he said to, the, to me through tongues and interpretation, I, speaking of God, have given you a cutting edge ministry. Not all will accept you. Some will even reject you. But you say what I tell you to say and you do what I tell you to do. You know, I never thought about it until now, but Sister Barbara, were you there that day when, when Reverend Reagan did that over me? You were there. Right. All right. You know, I did not remember whether you were there or not. Okay, because I, I didn't see anything when he was talking to me, you know, <laughs> when he did. Okay, so you were there. You heard, heard that. So now that word, that word stuck with me. It stuck with me because that was God speaking to me about the vision and about where I was going. Now that was, my goodness, must have been 1984, something like that, somewhere around that time. All right. And you say, well, yes, we've operated in a measure of the power of God. OK, but now the Lord has spoken to me and said, now it's the fullness of time. It's time for it to be launched. Hallelujah. So that's why I have to talk about it more, because, see, 
Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So you have to talk about it in order for it to be manifested. You have, if you believe it, you'll talk about it because the word says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So out of the abundance of the heart, and faith is of the heart. Real Bible faith is of the heart. If you will believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, Jesus as Lord, thou shalt be saved. So it has to be in the heart. So if I believe that in my heart, I'm going to speak it with my mouth. And it's not going to be empty words. It'll be something that will manifest. All right. So I gave you a couple of the things right there. Then another one was when I first got saved. Well, actually, it was prior to getting saved. The Lord spoke to me in the night and he told me to uh, read Daniel chapter 10 from the ninth verse. And uh, when I read that, in the interest of time, I won't turn to it now. But when I read that, Daniel had been fasting for 21 days. And he said that in the, in the night visions, he saw a man came to him. He saw a vision. This man came to him and spoke to him. And, and he was trembling. He was afraid. And he was on his face. And... Uh, and, and, the, and, and the man spoke to him and he became dumb and he couldn't speak himself. And then another man came and touched him and gave him strength. And then another man came. And uh, the Lord said, uh, had said to me, I will come to you personally. So I knew that he was coming. He was preparing me before I ever got saved. He gave me that word. Now that's supernatural. That's called discerning of spirits. God does not just throw stuff on you. There is an understanding. With all you're getting, get wisdom. And with all, all you're getting, get understanding. He wants you to understand these things so that you don't fear. Anytime God appears to anyone, whether it's through an angel or, or whatever spirit it may be, the first thing he says is fear not. Because he knows that you're a natural person and, hey, that's not normal. Amen. Somebody appearing in my room that I didn't uh, invite. Amen. Okay. Because I remember the first time that happened to me, I, I, I opened my eyes. Thank God. I always say, thank God the light was on. I was reading and I fell asleep with the lights on. I opened my eyes and standing above me with this great big dude standing right next to the bed. And I'm on that side of the bed. Amen. The door was on the other side of the room. Otherwise, I might. I might have made me a door, you know, but he was, this great big dude is standing there. So, you know, and uh, he spoke to me. I, I didn't speak to him because uh, I was speechless. <laughs> Amen. He, he, spoke, he spoke to me. He was in full American Indian garb. He was in full garb. And he said to me that my name is Uncas. And I'm your ancestor. And poof, he was gone. I said, Phew. sure glad he gone. <laughs> okay. But I mean, he was a great big fella standing right next to the bed. And I didn't know. I mean, I didn't know. I mean, I got on the phone and started dialing mom. Ma. Ma. <laughs> okay. That's it. You might as well, might as well admit it. Fess up. I don't care how old you are. I think I was about 38 at that time. But I had to call Ma. I had to call somebody. Amen. 
call the wrong person, they might send the little guy with the white coat and the you know, to come get you. So, uh, you know, I told her what had happened, and she said, okay. <laughs> and then uh, it was uh, sometime later, she said to me, she was watching Jeopardy. And one of the Jeopardy questions was about an Indian, and his name was Uncas. And he was one of the chiefs from way back there somewhere that was, you know, during the time that the, the you know, that the, all of the revolution and all the stuff that was going on, okay, and the Indian wars and whatnot. And it was a question on Jeopardy. And she called me up. This time she called me. Okay? I don't know what she was thinking when I said it to her the first time, but now she knew that she knew because I called the name and everything, told her what he looked like. He was a great big fella. But he was, he was actually an angel, an emissary of God sent to speak to me. Now you say, well, wh wh what was that all about? Well, I think it was more about me becoming accustomed to seeing things like that and learning about it so that it would not frighten me. Amen. Then I had another one when the Lord showed me that uh, a, part of, a part of the ministry would be raising the dead. During the time of it, yeah, how about that? <laughs> Amen. I did a lot of funerals, ain't none of them got up. <laughs> Amen. You got to get ready, you see. You know, I used to be afraid of that, I tell you. And the first funeral I did, you know, one day, I think it was one of these little funeral homes, I don't remember if it was in Brooklyn or Harlem, I don't remember, I didn't want to remember. But anyway, that first funeral I did, uh, they had this little place. I mean, it was a little place. Oh, God, this place was so little. They had to move the chairs to get the, the casket in. Okay? That's how little it was. Okay, and I'm afraid of the dead. Preacher, man of faith and power. I, <laughs> I'm, afraid, I'm afraid of this. You know, I don't mess with that. I said, well, look, I don't have nothing against it, but I don't mess with them, so don't mess with me, okay? That's all there is to it, all right? So, uh, so here they got me to preach. You know, they called me to do this funeral. I feel all right. Praise the Lord. I'll do the funeral. You know, ain't no big deal. It's over there. I'm over here. Uh-uh. This little place, this is this is the box. They got the box open. I got to preach like this. I'm looking over at Uncle Jabbo. Make sure he don't move, yo. Know? <laughs> hey, man. So anyway, the Lord showed me this thing where, you know, uh, uh, and during the during the time of Vietnam War, I was working at the at the airport, American Airlines, and we used to see the we used to see the the they would ship the bodies back all the time. I was we were constantly getting bodies coming back uh, uh, on on the aircraft, so I, I became acquainted with them. Okay, and uh, this is the way it appeared to me in this in this dream or vision. And one of these soldiers is who the Lord had me to raise from the dead. <sighs> My Lord. Any of you remember that old old show that used to come on? He used to do the Frankenstein and 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 Wolfman shows. They called him Zachary. Any of you remember him? <laughs> that was good. Well, anyway, that when 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 I raised this soldier from the dead, he got up out of the coffin. He never said a word. He had this placid face. 
and he it looked like he had on makeup like Zachary. If you saw Zachary, you know what Zachary was. Okay, and I used to look at that stuff. That's why I don't watch it no more. <laughs> good. It's a good thing you don't know who it is. Oh, he was terrible. Okay, he was, you know, he's ugly, right? Okay, okay, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, this is the way this soldier looked. You know, he looked like Zachary. And, and I had to raise him from the dead. And I tell you, like, like Dr. Uh, Hilliard says, trembling and trusting. That's what I was doing. I was trembling. <laughs> I was trembling and trusting, all right? But uh, there was reason for it. You see, I had to I had to get ready for it because this is a part of the ministry. Because if you minister with power, one of the things that ministering with power is special faith. That's God doing a miracle for you. Working of miracles, that's God doing a miracle through you. And gifts of healings. Now, in that, you're talking about several several of the gifts or manifestations to raise the dead that have to come together in order for that to happen. First of all, they got to be healed from whatever killed them. Amen. Secondly, it takes a manifestation of special faith to raise them from the dead because you can't raise nobody from the dead with your faith. Amen. It's not going to happen. If you could, people be getting up all over the place. Some of them that don't need to get up. Amen. Amen. You check If you check the Bible, you'll find out that the only people that was raised from the dead all through the Bible were people, were young people. He therefore that ministereth to you the spirit and worketh miracles among you. The power gifts, the power gifts of the spirit are special faith, working of miracles, and gifts of healings. And worketh miracles among you, doeth he it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? He does it by the hearing of faith. I have to speak faith, which is speak God's word to you on a particular subject for you to receive faith for it. And that's how we work miracles among you. And he that ministereth the spirit, he will also work miracles among you. So these are some of the reasons, some of the scriptures that the Lord has given me over the years to validate what he said to me about the fact that we would minister with power, the fact that we would minister the supernatural. But just like it says in, uh, what is it, Ecclesiastes, there's a time for everything. You know, it doesn't, the fullness of time, the fullness of time. Now in that account in Daniel, also it says that the angel brought the message to Daniel. The message got through to God immediately, but it was 21 days before the angel could get through to give the answer to Daniel. Now, I read that for years because that was a scripture that the Lord gave me to read. And just recently, the Lord said to me, the 21 days that you read in Daniel is 21 years for you. So it was 21 years. And then just recently, I said, well, Lord, I don't remember when I started, 82, 83, whether it was 80, 81. I don't remember when. Well, just recently he spoke to me and said, it's the fullness of time. You're in it right now. Your 21 days have been fulfilled. So it's time for these manifestations to begin to happen. Hallelujah. So you see how everything just comes together. When God tells you something, gives you something, 
It's like a puzzle, and all the parts start going together. They all start fitting together. That's why I say to you, don't ever uh, uh, discount what God says to you. Even though it seems like it's not coming to pass, it may seem like, oh, God said that to me five years ago. But you'll notice something. When God sends something to you that is revelation to you, it never grows old. Amen. I don't care if he said it to you 15 years ago. It's like it just happened. It's like it just happened. You can hear it just as clearly. I can hear just as clearly what he said to me when I was laying across my bed planning to, to, to do some harm to somebody. I can hear just as clearly what he said to me. I'm not going to stop you from doing what you're planning to do, but if you do it, it will destroy you. You can do that or you can follow me. I can hear it in my ear just as clearly as I heard it that day. And that was back somewhere about 1980. Amen. Because spiritual things never grow old. Amen. So if the Lord said it to you, it may be a puzzle piece that's putting together the vision that he's given you. And it's going to come to pass in your life when you believe it. Hallelujah. When you believe it. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Now, the next thing you thought I was finished. Didn't you? <laughs> I can, you know, I can stand here. I can do every Sunday this month and give you and give you exploits or, or adventures in God, like uh, John Lake has his book, Adventures in God. I can stand here for, for an hour every Sunday for the entire month and give you things that have, have happened to me, uh, stories. Because I used to wonder about that. I used to say about Brother Hagin, I said, where did this man get all them stories? He got to be lying somewhere. That man had a story for everything. I said, some of that stuff got to be lying. And then I looked up one day, and I had a story for everything. I said, uh-oh. <laughs> uh-oh. Yeah. I mean, you can tell account after account after account, but it takes years. It takes years to develop all those things, okay? I mean, I can tell some of Brothers Hagen's stories just like he can, word for word. I've heard them so many times. Amen. But I never grow tired of hearing it because he always applies it. As a matter of fact, let me say this to you because this is something else, uh, 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 Ken Jr., uh, Brother Hagen's son, said, he said, you know, you some of you people get upset with me because I only preach for 30 minutes. He said, if you ever listen, truly listen to my father's sermons, you'll find out that he only preaches for 20 minutes. The rest of it's stories. And it's the truth. And it's the truth. Because, I mean, I listen to, that's why I know his story so well. I listen to I listen to you. If you extract the actual scriptures and things that he gives you, it's only about 20 minutes. And most of his old tapes, they was 90 minutes long. That brother could tell some stories. He got some stories to tell, I tell you. I mean, I think about that last one. I think I told you about it where he threw the threw the lemonade in the woman's face. You remember that? Well, I ain't gonna tell it. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Okay, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go on. I'm gonna go. On. My time's going away. See, all right, all right, all right. Uh, this this other scripture I want to give you is in where is it? At? Where is it? First uh, Corinthians twelve. First Corinthians twelve. First Corinthians chapter twelve. Look like look like First Corinthians twelve. Maybe it's not. Maybe 2 Corinthians 12. Yeah, that looked better. Okay. Amen. 
Second yeah. Corinthians 12. Second Corinthians 12. So you have me here standing up here telling you Brother Higgins stories. I'm going to tell you my stories. I got stories too. <laughs> Amen. Okay, okay, let me get over here quick. Now, the Lord said something to me one time that actually it kind of it kind of shook me a little bit. Because remember, God calleth those things that be not as though they were. God calls you who he wants you to be, not who you are. Did you catch that? God calls you who he wants you to be, not who you are. And he spoke something to me. Oh, yes. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And he spoke something to me one time, and this was years ago. Years ago. I'm telling you, years ago. I wasn't even pastoring yet. Years ago. He spoke to me and said, my holy apostle and prophet. He said, who are you talking to? I heard it just as clear, just as clear as a bell. My holy apostle and prophet, what? I ain't never established nothing. Prophet? Prophet what? I ain't never hardly prophesied nothing. I just barely could read the Bible. Didn't, didn't understand most of what I was reading. Okay, I'm trying to digest this stuff. And he calls me my holy apostle and prophet. He's calling those things that be not. As though they were. Amen. Amen. Just like uh, Gideon. He said, my mighty man of valor. And the boy was a coward. He was hiding among the stuff. Because he thought there was going to be war. Think about that. Could you Now, could you see you? You know, the, the family is fighting. They're getting ready to have a big feud. And you in the closet hiding. You know, and God says to you, my mighty woman of valor. You look and see if somebody in the closet with you. <laughs> Amen. But anyway, that's what he said to me. So now look, now look, now look. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1, it is not, ex it is not expedient for me, doubtless to glory, I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. Now, I said that to say this. From day one, that's how the Lord has dealt with me, is through dreams and visions and revelations. I mean, during that time that he told me, I'm going to teach you right in your house. I mean, I would, I would smell the fragrance of a rose. Wake up to the fragrance of a rose. Wasn't nobody there but me in the house. Wasn't no roses in the house. Well, no woman coming with no roses. Nobody was delivering no flowers with no roses. And I would, it, I would wake up smelling it. And I'd go all over the house looking to find out where is this fragrance coming from. Well, Jesus is called the Rose of Sharon. Amen. I mean, the, the, I would see things. I mean, one time I was sitting in my, in my living room and the, and the whole dining room disappeared. It just disappeared. I'm looking. I see sand, like like the sand on the on the shore of the ocean, and I heard the waves. In my dining room, I'm sitting on the couch. That's what I saw. And like I said, I could go on and on and on. The revelations and the dreams they were coming. They were coming so so quickly that I was calling mom, mom, 
Let me tell you what happened this time, you know. <laughs> okay? I mean, this is how I was calling her, you know. Got to call somebody. I didn't know nobody else to call. Okay? This stuff was happening. You want to share it with somebody. Amen. I mean, you can't stay awake forever. <laughs> you be scared to go to sleep. What's going to happen this time? You know? Amen. And I mean, and, and one time I, I was caught up out of my body. Literally come up out of my body. I was praying. Saw my body on the bed. I started scuffling, trying to get back. <laughs> okay? I didn't know if I could get back. You know, I'm, whoa, whoa. You know, you want to get back. But see, that's this here. You will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. And then look at the 12th verse. Watch this now. My holy apostle and prophet. Truly, the signs of an apostle were wrought among you in all patience in signs and wonders and mighty deeds. Hallelujah. So you see, all these things come together, make this mosaic to come together, this puzzle to put it together to show you why I believe the way I believe and why I act the way I act, which is crazy to some people that I understand that. It's okay. That's all right. That's why he said, be not afraid of their faces. I mean, thank God. It's not back there where God had the prophet to walk out with his, you know, he had nothing on his backside. And the Lord told him, it's in the Bible. Yeah, it is. Told him to walk around like that. I mean, come on, God. You know, I mean, I'm supposed to be your prophet. How you going to do me like that? You know <laughs> But that's what he did to him. See, he's making a point. Then he had another prophet. He had him lay on one side for, for months. And then he said, okay, now I'll turn over on the other side. And you lay there for months. Why you want to do me like that, God? I'm working for you. You don't like me? <laughs> you know, I mean, it could have been like that. He, he, does, he does stuff with you, you know. So when you move into this area, the thing is, we are... Now, see, y'all laughing at me, but hey, you're one of them. <laughs> That's why you're here, see? You're a part of this. You're a part of this. So the stuff that the stuff that God's going to do with and through me, I'm praying that he's going to do it through the congregation, not just me. Amen. That's right. He's going to do it through the congregation. Grant to thy servants. Plural. That's right. Plural. Okay? As in many. Amen. That these signs and wonders will be manifested through the body of Christ. Now, uh, in closing, let me let me say this. Uh, turn back to First Corinthians. Let me let, let me let me show it to you real quick. Like First Corinthians. Uh, Fourteen, fourteen. First Corinthians fourteen. Now, in First Corinthians fourteen, the first verse says, "Follow after charity." Now we know that word charity there is the word agape or love, the God kind of love. Follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that you may prophesy. Now, now. This, this was written to 
the whole church at Corinth. This was not written to a single individual. He says, follow after love, or the God kind of love, or charity, and desire spiritual gifts. Desire spiritual gifts for the whole church. Hello? Desire spiritual gifts for the whole church, but rather that ye may prophesy. Now, here's a key. Here's a key. We pray for spiritual gifts, especially this is the one, this is uh, the watch campaign that, that deals with the supernatural. Are you here? The watch campaign that deals with the supernatural? Okay. Well, you are to pray for the entire body of Christ that the, the gifts or manifestations of the Spirit would be in full force. But because we, as a congregation, are called to the power gifts, special faith, working of miracles, and gifts of healings, we should pray specifically for those manifestations to be in full bloom here. Because that's the, our part of the equation. That's our part of the calling that we have to fulfill. That's our part of the assembly line, so to speak, that we spoke of this morning. So that's what we should pray for ourselves. But then here's the key. Watch this. Watch this. This last thing. But rather that ye may prophesy. Now, to prophesy, look at the third verse. But he that prophesieth speaketh unto men to edification and exhortation and comfort. Did you catch that? He that prophesieth. So prophesying is speaking to men to edify them, to exhort them, or to comfort them. Edify, exhort, and comfort. Edify, exhort, and comfort. So now if we, if we follow after love and desire spiritual gifts, we're going to have to rearrange our speech patterns and not speak to people other than to edify, to exhort, or to comfort. We should not be speaking to people negative to pull them down, to tear them down, to tell them about their faults, to tell them about where they missed it, to tell them about how bad they are, to tell them about how awful their sin is. No, we're supposed to speak to them if we want the manifestations of the Spirit Speak to them to edify them, to exhort them, or to comfort them. God knows their sin. We don't have to uh, voice it. Amen. We got to change our vocabulary. We need the vocabulary of the supernatural. Exhort, edify, and comfort. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your word. We bless you and honor you. We give your name the glory for everything accomplished this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to today's Living by Faith podcast. We trust you received something out of today's message. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at New FMCF. Friend us on Facebook at Faith Mission Christian Fellowship 
International. And always remember, be not afraid, only believe, for we walk by faith and not by sight. Jesus is Lord, and he is coming soon.